Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the Happy Scientist Podcast. Each episode is designed to make you more focused, more productive, and more satisfied in the lab. You can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist. Your hosts are Kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm Vera Claritas, and Dr. Nick Oswald, PhD, bioscientist, and founder of Bitesize Bio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Scientist podcast. This, of course, is the place to be if you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of Bite Size Bio, and today we will be drawing again on the wisdom of Mr. Kenneth Vogt. Ken is my friend, mentor, the Bite Size, Bite Size Bio team coach and the founder of the executive mentoring company Vera Claritas. Today, and in all other Happy Scientist podcast episodes, you get to benefit from his words of wisdom to help you to increase your performance, enjoyment, and success in the lab. In this episode, we'll be discussing that voice inside your head. You know the one, the one that always has something to say, always thinks it knows best, and is your worst critic. So without further ado, Ken, let's talk about that voice in your head. All right. Let's talk about that voice in your head. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the, first off, i i, I want to start with a disclaimer i i am not a psychotherapist i am not an attorney i am not a public accountant i'm not your bartender that's not what this is about folks if if you really if you truly are having trouble with voices in your head by all means seek some counseling <laughs> but i'm talking about what all of us encounter we all have a voice in your head. In fact, we all probably have multiple voices in our heads that are talking to us all day long and they just never stop. It's just constantly there. Now, in some in some fashion, it's very useful and very comforting. It's, it's familiar. You know, we know what this voice is going to say in certain situations. And um, if we have more than one voice, you know, we may have voices in our heads from people that have been very influential to us. So we may hear, we may hear our mother say things to us, or our favorite teacher from the past, or you know, or a, or a trusted confidant. It's possible too. You can have voices that are not favorable. They're they're from some you know some bully on the playground or some some abuser that's been in our life. You know that can happen too, but. For the most part today, we're going to talk about the positive voice, the voice that is your constant companion and is there trying to help. It's there to keep you safe. It's there to keep you alive. It's there to to make things turn out well for you, at least from its perspective. And so you're familiar with those thoughts that th this is the voice that tells you like, you're not going to go get that second donut now, are you? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> this That voice is useful. It's like, no, I'm not having a third cup of coffee. I, I'm, I'm feeling wired already. We're going to stop now. 
And, and that voice will often speak to you as, as you. You know, so it's not going to say you shouldn't have a third cup of coffee. It's going to say I shouldn't have a third cup of coffee. You know, the, the, there's, there's a connection there that we, you know, we, it can become very personal to us and we can very much identify with this voice. Okay, but what this voice is doing, since it doesn't have any other means to speak to us, it doesn't, it doesn't have a, a mouth to speak with, it's, it's, just, it's just a thought. So we're gonna talk about thoughts and what happens when you have thoughts <laughs> and, and where do they come from? And are they mine or do they come from somewhere else? Do I have to take ownership of them because I thought it? Um, and are these thoughts me? Are, are, they, are they the quintessential essence of who I am? So I wanna start off with an Oxford Dictionary definition of thought. And their definition is an idea or opinion produced by thinking or occurring suddenly in the mind. I thought that or was very telling because a thought is something you think, well, duh, yeah, these, you know, these are coming from the same root word, but something that occurs suddenly in your mind, isn't that interesting? And if you think about most thoughts, that is exactly what happens. You don't sit down to think a thought and, and then, and then produce something. This is, this is, uh, generally speaking, thoughts just kind of arrive, and they arrive in your mind. So, so that leads to the sec second definition we need to give. What does the Oxford Dictionary think about mind? It says, it is the element of a person that enables them to be aware of the world and their experience, to think and to feel. So that again, you know, if you just think if your mind is just a, a repository for your thinking, that's one thing. But if it's a place for you to become aware of everything around you, to be aware of your experiences, to think and to feel, that's much broader context. And that is the, that is the environment in which thoughts arrive. And thoughts arrive um, in many different ways. They may arrive as language. And, you know, we often, when we think about the voice in our head, we're thinking about the words it's speaking. But, but not all thoughts come as language. Thoughts can come as sounds or, or you know, that are not words. Or they can come as, as pictures. Or they can come as feelings, as, a, as forebodings or, about, or anticipations of things. Um, uh, there's all kinds of, all kinds of ways to to have that voice in your head reach out to you and to give you information and it's useful. I mean, it's very useful. If you didn't have that going on, you would by definition be unconscious. <laughs> and you know, what good is that? Not gonna get much done there. And the fact is we, you know, we spend a third of our life unconscious as it is, you know, so the two thirds that we're supposed to be awake, we kind of want to make use of. So, so here we've established that thoughts are this is a pretty broad category of things that we experience in our mind, but but it does lead to a question: like where 
do these thoughts come from? And if you, if you ponder how thoughts come to you, if you consider that, you're going to realize that generally speaking, they just arrive. Now, granted, sometimes they are triggered by something. They might be a response to an event. But the fact is, often thoughts arrive totally unbidden. We, we didn't ask for this thought, and, and often we're not really, we're not ready for it, or we're not real happy that it's there. You know, if you have a thought that I look ugly today, that just comes to you out of nowhere, that's not a welcome thought. I don't want to hear that. You know, but on the other hand, maybe it's just a, a not very politically correct way of saying, you know, you could do a little better uh, dressing or combing your hair or, <laughs> or uh, getting a better shave today. You know, there these thoughts can still be useful, even though they just show up like that. And when you look at that, well, how did that happen? Why did I take notice that today I need to pay more attention to my physical appearance? Well, there could be all kinds of triggers for that, but these thoughts are not coming because I made the decision today to be more aware of my physical appearance and so then therefore I had a thought to be more aware of my physical appearance. It's, like, it's not really how it works and that's not our experience and it's not not just one person's experience. This is the unique, not, and this isn't a unique experience. This is the common human experience that thoughts just arrive. Now, I can feel some of you out there bristling at this because you've, you've put a lot, of, uh, you know, a lot of importance behind the fact that you have produced a lot of thinking. And, and it's been very important in your life. And in fact, you can point to some sheepskins on the wall that prove that you were the originator of your thoughts. But um, I, I want to I posit to you that they don't prove that. And so if you don't believe me, let's do a little experiment. I'm going to say something, and then I want you to create a thought in response. So you ready? You ready, Nick? Okay. Two plus two equals? Four. You had a thought, and it was four, right? I did think I mean, five. I but I was just the <laughs> well, sure. But, okay, did you, what process did you use to create the thought for? None. It just appeared. It just appeared. Now, why? Why that? Why four? And why not five? Why not? And, and possibly for some of you, the answer came to you in another language. Because, you know, that would be a more familiar language to you. But it was still good. But I... I I will be willing to bet that it was still translatable into the English word for. Well, because you know 2 plus 2 equals 4. This is information you already have. And you might think, well, I just pulled that out of my memory banks. It's like, did you really, though? Was there some filing system that you that you rifled through until you got to 2 plus 2 equals? Did you have to really do any looking around to find that answer? It's like, no, it was right there. And... And frankly, that kind of thing happens to you all the time. You get asked questions to which there are ready answers, and they just produce themselves. 
Now, sometimes they're ready answers like this one. It's like, man, I learned that in first grade or even before. But others are are things that that are more complicated, and yet you have this inkling just comes to you. And sometimes we we will label those things. We'll call them hunches or epiphanies, um, you know, which are a little different than a calculation, like a math calculation. But you know, they're they're all they're all different, and yet they all kind of show up the same way. You know, we we recognize that that when you have a hunch or an epiphany, oh, that's definitely wasn't me thinking it up. That was me. I stumbled across something. Well, how is it really any different than stumbling across two plus two equals four? Yeah, it's that's just it's just another thing that is true in the world that can be found. Now, I'm on grant you too. You can find some things that are untrue also, but but for for now, we'll stick to the things that are that are factually accurate. Um, so you know, you're really not thinking up your thoughts, and you think, well, how much effort do you put into thinking things up? If you've ever tried to sit down and write a term paper, and you just hit the wall, then you realize I can't, I can't create this on purpose. I have to get into I have to get into a mode where it flows and that flowing is coming from something something a little bigger than you know the the apparatus that is that is parked between our ears. Now and I, now I'm not going to launch into a, anything about about consciousness or awareness uh, although deep. Yeah, I mean it can. I mean but there but there's certainly uh, there's certainly a a scientific basis for having confidence in mindfulness. Mindfulness is just what you if you is about focus. So when you focus on the right things, then thoughts come to you. And the better job you do at focusing, the more accurate those thoughts tend to be. Um, and so that's that's the that's your job in this is to focus. Your job is to put your awareness on on the task at hand, what's in front of you. And, you know, sometimes we don't want to hear the thoughts that are in our head because we're getting thoughts that aren't very nice. They're saying, you're stupid, you're mean, you're selfish, you know, you're lazy. Who wants to hear that kind of stuff? But if you're, if, if the voice in your own head is telling you those things, there's probably some factual data behind it. Now that's not to say that it's entirely accurate. If something's telling you that that you're stupid and you're ugly, that that's probably not true. Not not entirely. But there may be some things there that it's signaling you like, you know what? You're not stupid, but you're acting stupid in this situation cuz you know better. Okay, well now that's a that's a, a much more nuanced um, thought, but that that's something you're going to you're going to have to Put a little more focus on to get. Otherwise, all you're going to hear is stupid, stupid, stupid. You know, <laughs> um, uh, and that's not going to be as useful to you. If you want your thoughts to be useful, then it comes to comes around to putting some focus on it. So now here's a, there's another thing about thoughts that's interest that's interesting. That have you ever had a thought and thought that's my thought? And we've done that. We said, "Well, I think X," um, and and so it becomes very valuable to us now because it's ours, because we've taken ownership of it. 
And that ownership becomes very important to us. And in fact, you know, this discussion so far, we've talked about how thoughts are often just arising, um, can be very disturbing to people. Like, are you saying I don't have any of my own thoughts? What am I doing? You know, I'm just I'm just wandering around here as a receptacle for these thoughts that are careening in from God knows where. You know, uh, th that sounds very that can sound very disturbing to people. But but the point is that you do get to choose your own thoughts, and and there are times that we have thoughts and we reject them. We've all had that happen. So you know, you look at something and you go, oh, I think I'm I think I'm I'm gonna burn the 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 meatloaf tonight. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. You know, just because you had a thought doesn't mean you have to take ownership of it. You can you can accept thoughts and you can reject thoughts, and you and um, and you have a choice. And you can you can reject thoughts after the fact. Just because you've accepted a thought doesn't mean you have to stay that way. It doesn't matter how long you've been accepting that thought. If for the longest time you've told yourself you're not good at math, at some point you can stop and say, you know what, I'm going to stop saying that because it's not true. I had that experience when I was a kid. I remember in, in grade school, all these kids complaining about how hard math was. Math is so hard. And of course, I'm a, you know, I'm in third grade, whatever. I'm an eight-year-old. I want to, I want to fit into everybody. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, math is hard. And then one day I realized, like, I don't think math is hard. I, I why am I agreeing with this? You know, and and I just stopped. And from that point, I've loved math ever since. And and I realized for many of you, like, the idea of loving math sounds like an absolute impossibility. But you have to understand, from my standpoint there at eight years old, everybody I knew told me math was hard. Why wouldn't I believe these people? I trusted them. They seemed like good folks. You know, granted, they were all eight years old. What do they know? But you know, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't have that distinction. But it was enough that I could make, I could choose to reject the thought, and I did, and it changed the trajectory of my life. And I'll bet you that you have you have an example or two or ten of those in your own life. You do know how to reject thoughts if they're not useful to you. And you can reject thoughts that you've had for a long time. I think a lot of teenagers have that happen. They get to a point where they realize that, you know what? I'm not a kid anymore. I can look at the world differently. And the same thing happens with young adults. You know, there's a process that happens there. So, you know, if you're in your 20s, just because you've always been X doesn't mean you have to stay that way. You are still quite malleable. And for those of you who are older, I, I, I will grant you that it is a little harder to change when you're older, but it is not impossible. And maintaining your flexibility is very important as, as you go on. I was thinking about, boy, there's a couple different articles. I'm gonna have to, now I'm going to have to dig them up and put them in the show notes. One has to do with this idea of, of, of the thoughts that come into your head, and I'll, I'll find that for you. But then another is about the patterns that we have in life. And... When you're young, you need to develop patterns. Otherwise, life is just constant chaos. So you develop a pattern for, you know, how to put your pants on. <laughs> you develop a pattern for how to pour a bowl of cereal. And, it, you know, now that you're older, you think, well, that's silly. Why would I need a pattern for that? When you didn't have one, it wasn't silly at all. So you go through your life and you develop patterns. And then 
then you start seeing some real benefits you know you start developing patterns you know say on the soccer field and you get really good at it and people start to notice you for that and they're like oh this is great and you start to see the benefits of developing patterns so you develop patterns that you know that that you do all your homework and you and you study before a test and and it pays off for you well as you get older you get to the point where you've got so many patterns stacked up in your brain <laughs> they're constantly taking over your thinking these patterns will keep firing thoughts into your head and while that that is useful to a point there is a point where you don't have time for any internal dialogue anymore where you don't have time to develop any more patterns in fact you probably have patterns for developing patterns as you get older and so your job as you get older is actually to start discarding patterns that are no longer serving you and and you'll know they're no longer serving you because because they will keep generating thoughts that you have to reject you when you when you find yourself constantly going no no I no I'm not gonna do that or I'm not gonna think that way I'm not gonna be that way well then you realize okay there's a pattern here that's got to go and that pattern has been pushing thoughts at you so there's a lot of things that happen to you in your life and now they are the thought generators because you know well I never want to be in that situation again and and so it's gonna try and protect you from that and a lot of these voices a lot of these these uh, these thoughts that come to you are are your are your ego trying to protect you it's trying to keep you safe and you know we, we live in a world where that where people are so concerned about safety they want to have safe zones and all that and, and the fact is if you think about how your life has been it's the times you weren't safe when you grew the most when you got the most done, when you learned the most. Now I'll grant you there are times when you're not safe that it hurt the most, but you learn a lot from those times too. So you know you still have a choice then of what you're gonna do with these thoughts that come to you. So the, the, the final point I wanna, well, I say the final point, The one of the last points I wanna make is that this voice in your head is not you it's and and I'll, and I'll here's I'll put it this to you to you this way when you were young you probably figured out at some point that I am not my body you you realize you have a body but you are not your body and you know, there's simple ways to know that you know if you were to if you were to lose an arm would you stop being you well no you'd still be you if you how about if you lost an eye would you still be you well, yeah, you'd still be you. What if, what if you lost an eye and an arm, and both legs? You'd still be you. You know, this we start chopping parts off your body unless we take your head off. You know, where you can't keep living, you're still going to be you. So you know, you are not your body, but that you possess a body, and that body is a vehicle for you, and it's a very useful vehicle, and it's great. You know, it's a good thing you have one, and maybe it's got some flaws, or maybe it's got some limitations, or Maybe it's not as good as some at some things as you wish it was, but at the end of the day, you you can't get hung up on the fact that you are not, you know, a star athlete if you're not, or you can't get hung hung up on the fact that that somebody else is a better musician than you, or somebody else knows more about a topic than you. They're they're better at something. You know, they can do something that you can't do, 
because it's just what your body can do. So, you know, I kind of leaked this in here. You start to realize, well, you know, having a body is kind of the same as having a mind. You are not your mind. You have a mind. And so just as you realize that my body is not me, you can realize your mind is not you. It's a tool that you use. And you are something greater than that. And so you're a possessor of a body and a mind. And so these thoughts that are coming through, they're definitely not you. They are things that are housed in this mind that is just a tool of yours. So it's it's like if you have a had a computer program that, that could generate uh, uh, speech, as an example, or text. Would you think that text was the computer? Like, no, it's just... It's just the software running uh, you know, on the computer. And it's the same thing here. So these thoughts are just the software running on your mind, you know, in your mind. And, and it's useful. And it's greatly useful. But it is also very important that you realize you are not your mind and you are not your thoughts. Because you can get very pathed into this and become very limited. If you want freedom, you're going to realize... I'm going to treat this thing as a tool in my possession, under my control, under my charge, and then I'll be free to do what I want to do. And you know, I'm, and I'm not advocating you know crazy freedom here, but I'm talking about where you you're not going to be unnecessarily shackled by your thoughts because you may have some disquieting thoughts at times. You may have times when you're depressed. You may have times when you're angry. You may have times when you feel despondent or unloved or all kinds of negative things, but none of those things represent you. You can realize, you know, that's just something happening around me. It's not even necessarily happening to you because you can take a look at it and, and realize that, you know, I don't have to accept that as a personal attack. That thought that said that you're unlovable wasn't real and it wasn't right. I mean, it wasn't correct, you know, it wasn't accurate. It's just, it's just the thought that came by. And so the question you have then is, okay, well, how do we use this voice to get the most benefit for ourselves? Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. So, I want to start off by pointing out that silence cannot be overrated. Um, this voice in our head just keeps going and going and going and going. And we're so accustomed to it that, that we don't even, we're not even bothered by it. But you, it can be turned off or at least turned down to where it's no longer registering with you. And, you know, there are ways to do that that, you know, and, and again, I won't dive too deep into all that. But, you know, just, just, just simple sitting back and just quieting your mind. Now, you can take that to, you know, the nth degree. You can become a master meditator if you want. But... Um, but I'm, you don't have to go that to that route. If you can just take a moment and take a breath, just literally focus on your breath for a second. Just focus on your breathing. 
and not have to, not have to constantly deal with your thoughts, you're going to find out that it get everything gets easier and things get clearer. Now I want to I want to I want to target something that Nick and I were talking about here recently, so I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, Nick. But uh, <laughs> so here it goes. I'm going to make a statement here. Worry never helps. Now, <laughs> having made that statement, Nick, why have you ever felt that worry might be important or valuable in your life? Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah. This is something we talked about recently. Is that I felt like um, for certain things, it was my responsibility to feel worried about it, so that I would do something about it. Right. And so worry, of course, comes as thoughts. And so to feel responsible, you needed to hear those thoughts about, oh, this could really go south on me if I don't get in front of this and if I don't and if I don't work really hard and if I don't spend a lot of money or, you know, whatever other commitment you have to make to it. And if you don't do that, well, I'm being irresponsible. And now you get the voice telling you that you're going to be irresponsible. I thought you were an adult. I thought you were a grown-up, but, you know, I guess not. I guess you're just a selfish little kid again, you know, and, and you, 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 never, you never took on the mantle of responsibility. You know, the, again, this, these are the kind of voices that, that can really be dragging you down. So if you can have a moment of silence, of, of a little, little freedom from that, it would be awesome. So I'll give you something simple that you can do with thoughts like that, whatever thought it is. Now, you, you, can, you can get into a whole cycle of stuff where you have a thought that says you're being irresponsible. And then you have the next thought that counters that saying, come on, you're being really hard on yourself here. And, you know, so there's this cycle going on um, of you're having a thought. Now you're bad for having the thought. Now you're bad for daring to counter the thought and you know it could it just it could just be a cacophony uh, of noise that doesn't do you any good so what do you do when you have a thought that you prefer to not have how do you deal with that well and here's the answer when you have that thought rather than argue with it rather than deny it rather than call it stupid or selfish or unreasoning or whatever negative you want to want to call it how about you just receive it and say to it thank you for sharing so when you have a thought that says you look fat in that dress thank you for sharing that's it we're not and and you've got to be open to the idea that like you really have to be thankful okay thank you for offering that opinion. I'm, I'm glad I heard it. But you don't have to validate it. You're not saying that now it's right, it's correct, and I have to do something about it. No, I. all this voice in your head that is wants is to keep you safe. So all it really wants is to be heard. You don't even actually have to act on it. It doesn't even care that you take action. What it cares is that you're listening. So when you say to it, thank you for sharing, it feels heard. And what happens when somebody is heard? Well, they stop talking. Well, if you heard me, I don't need to say it again. 
And that, we'll notice that's what happens too. When you don't acknowledge a thought, you'll keep hearing over and over again, I should have went to bed earlier. 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 You know, it'll never stop until you acknowledge it and give it that thank you for sharing. Now, there are other thoughts that are truly beneficial. Things that are like, man, they're life-saving. It's like, man, that is a great idea. Oh, I'm so glad that you remembered that I'm supposed to pick up the milk on the way home. You know, great. Reward those beneficial thoughts. Be grateful for them. You know, it's like, wow, man, I'm sure glad I thought of that. And and give yourself that moment to feel that that little pleasure, that little joy that, oh, good, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking usefully. You know, because I'm... For, for those who are listening to this podcast, if you got as far as you've gotten in the field that you've gotten in, I imagine that you're somebody that thinks a lot. And you've probably noticed that there are people around you that don't think so often and don't think so deep. Now, that may not be among your colleagues. They're probably peers of yours in that regard. But, but other people in life, and it might be people in your family, even your friends, you know, people you grew up with, and you might have looked at that and said, what is wrong with them? Why don't they think? Why Why does, Why does? do they keep getting into the problems they keep getting into? I can see them a, a mile away because my brain's turned on, you know? <laughs> so I'm not denigrating the idea that thinking's going on. Thinking is very useful. Um, but by the same token, silence is useful too. So, you know, now, people that where their mind is being silent all the time, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, silent all the time in that they're not thinking anything useful. You know, all they're, all they're thinking about is the baseball scores or the latest cartoons. You know, okay, that's not that helpful. But somebody whose mind is truly silent, those people are rare. And, and they're amazing. And when they have thoughts, they ring like a bell because they're, you know, they happen without any other distractions because sometimes you have thoughts that are competing in your head at the same time and you wonder why you can't focus because like man i gotta cut the grass when i get home and like oh before that i gotta go to the store well before that you know i think i heard the car making a funny noise and like oh man i gotta get this this uh report done and and did we figure out how we're gonna do that protocol for the for this next round of of experiments and and like oh man there's a meeting tomorrow and i'm not even close to ready and all that's going on at once in your head, and, and you're never going to get anywhere with it. So, <clears throat> so what I'm trying to offer to you is the idea is that if you will give your thoughts a little bit of attention, at least to thank them for being there, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a carrot that you offer to them. And so they'll stop constantly shouting the same things over and over again. Now, you might think that, well, if we're going to have carrot, we should have stick, too. It's like, well, not necessarily. If you're negative with yourself, it comes at a cost. And there's, it's really, there's nothing you can do with a stick. If you beat yourself about the things you think up, they're going to still stick around. Because, again, they're still trying to get a message through to you. And when you stop it, when you stop it down, what you're doing is you're going to make it give you the most simplistic message ever because it's like well this this you can't hear it unless unless i make it simple because and it's got to be short and so that's when you're going to get your brain yelling at you and it's just going to call you names <laughs> <laughs> 
and it, you know it's you're not gonna you're not gonna get as much use out of it but if you really want to make use of all these beautiful thoughts that come by and to be more aware when great new ideas come by and epiphanies come by and hunches that lead you in the right direction and save you a lot of time and trouble you know this is the way to do it give your give your mind some respect don't you know i mean we 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 love to denigrate that oh i was got voices in my head it's like yeah you do and they're and it's great and it's useful and 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 they're they're there to help so this is what the thoughts in your head are all about wow okay i just let you go there because that was <laughs> a stream but i was writing some notes down and um mm -hmm. It's quite interesting. It's that whole thing about uh, thinking that, you know, picking apart what is you is, is quite an interesting mm -hmm. exercise, isn't it? A little bit mind-blowing. Well, literally <laughs> mind-blowing sometimes. <laughs> I, I, what, a couple of things I wrote down from what you said there was, um, you know, you think of you're not your body, you're not your mind, um, but you whatever you are, are getting feedback all the time from your body and your mind. So mm -hmm. these are kind of like um, components, if you like. If you're the central processing unit or whatever, these are the components that are feeding back to you. And in the case of the body, it's, um, you know, there's all sorts of stuff feeding back. But feeling, you, you're feeling mm -hmm. things, your, you know, senses and whatnot. Um, and you're uh, thoughts are feeding your mind is feeding back thoughts to you all the time sometimes spontaneously or apparently spontaneously mm -hmm. and sometimes uh in response to things that you've put to it you know like you right. ask a question of a calculator sort of thing mm -hmm. and so one a couple of things that occurred to me from what you said there was that you, you mentioned being or you alluded to being in the zone you know if you wanted to focus on to do something well mm -hmm. You that, that you you get into the zone, um, or or you can get into the zone by you know you know if you want to focus on concentrate on writing the 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 essay you were mentioning you have to get in the zone to be able to do that, mm -hmm. and that's clearing your mind enough to be able to um, to take control of the thought process and or, or control of what you're asking your brain to give you back in order to be able to write that the the essay, um, and. Likewise, you mentioned being mindful and then also silence, you know, uh, being able to um, sit in silence. And that is separating yourself from the thoughts so that you're back to you and then you back to who you are, if you like, or what you are rather. And um, and then at that point, you're, you're more able to use the mind in the way that you want to use it as a component. Is mm -hmm. that accurate? Yeah. Uh, something you've, you've alluded to there, too, it's worth saying out loud, is when I say thoughts, I'm speaking very, very broadly, and sometimes people have a, make a distinction between a thought and a feeling. But here's a, an interesting way to think of this, to, or to, to consider this. <laughs> um, a thought is something you have in your mind. A feeling is something you have in your body. Um, and so one's not better or worse than the other, and I know that sometimes there's a, there's a masculine feminine thing about how the masculine thinks and the feminine feels uh, and and both sides are will denigrate the other side for that 
there's nothing to denigrate there. They're 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 both useful, and they're and they're both fall into the same category of thoughts is that that we're talking about today. Okay, and so that that's a good clarification. So you're talk you are talking about, um, you know, being back in the mindful place or in the zone to write your essay. Mm-hmm. At that point, you are centered in yourself, and you are using your mind in um, you know to write the essay. Or if you're in the zone to uh, take a kick in football of whatever persuasion of football you want to take, you're in the zone. You're 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 in the optimal position to take um, take the kick. You know when you're when you come back into the zone because you've taken control of your body. You've taken mindful control of your body, which is what mm-hmm. mindfulness really is. Yeah. Um, so as well, you know, we all we've all experienced the where those inputs. And especially the spontaneous inputs, or the apparently spontaneous inputs, are overwhelm us and stop us from performing. You know, we have uh, feelings, we have thoughts that are overwhelming. It's just too much. Whether it's uh, worry thoughts or it's chronic, you know, down on myself, or life is no good thoughts, or you know, I can't do this type thoughts, or aches and pains in the body, or feelings, or or whatever it is, and they overwhelm you so that then they feel like that's you. You know, I am. Hmm. Um, I am fearful, I'm, you know, whatever, you know, because you sure. take identity of those thoughts. And so your way, uh, you know, one way to to, uh, to kind of um, overcome that issue is to, you know, is, is as you mentioned in, in previous episodes, is to practice my mindfulness so you get used to being able to step back into you and see the thoughts and feelings as inputs for uh, uh, that they are. Sure. Uh, the other thing you're talking about it today, just to, um, to summarize, is to um, when a thought is offered to you by your brain, is to get into the habit of just that. It just you know whatever it is, is use the carrot to kind of just appease it. It's like a child coming to you with a thought. You don't have to act on it. You don't have to believe it, but you thank it for the thought, and that stops you from fighting against it and creating a loop where um you uh you know that's just going to take up more and more space exactly. uh, then the other one is that when you have useful thoughts then be especially grateful for those and then you start training yourself into having more you know useful thought the thoughts and and um you know so that you become you know by in one way creating practicing mindfulness to separate yourself from your thoughts or or your your awareness so that you're aware of the difference between you and your thoughts and then on the other hand training your thoughts to be more beneficial mm-hmm. by um you know by not fighting with the, the the ones that you don't want and by being especially grateful for the ones that are useful then you start to become create a, a, a situation where your thoughts are more beneficial but you're also not overwhelmed by them is that a, does that make sense yeah <laughs> Sounds like you were listening today. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I was. I was wrote this down because it's kind of, this is this is something that I always kind of get tripped up on um, with this. You know what is what are you know that what is you think what are you and mm-hmm. um, you know that goes that can who knows you know that yeah it's a profound question <laughs> it's a very profound question but for a practical solution you're not your worry you know this is why you say that worrying doesn't make isn't useful worrying mm-hmm. is just your brain popping out solutions to you all the time 
and mm-hmm. and that generally won't do you know it does it even when you don't need it you know and mm-hmm. um uh so you know by definition it's not it's not you have to filter that and you mm-hmm. have to take control of that um and uh yeah okay so and so it's a good it's a good explanation of why meditation mindfulness and stuff like that works because it separates is a good example of why um or a good illustration of why mm-hmm. doing things like being aware of the thoughts that are passing uh, from your mind into your into you what being aware of those helps and and also it's the you know it's also a good illustration of how when we get overwhelmed or we, when we get overwhelmed by our thoughts and and we don't use these things to to filter them or to to corral them or or to do not corral them but to um you know to allow them to just come and go mm-hmm. uh, we get them caught we get we get them we get caught up in them how that can cause us big problems yeah well that's a great metaphor there the idea of are they caught um you know if something's caught now it's trapped there well can can it just go by can it, even if it's something useful it doesn't have to stick around it, it can it can give you an idea for something useful and you can recall it later it doesn't have to be put into practice in this moment you you have some freedom there and so you know remember this this whole apparatus of a mind is there to serve you it's a servant to you it's not your master so you know you don't have to do everything it tells you yeah it's like it's a bit more of a, like a mag, an advanced magic eight ball <laughs> <laughs> exactly so would you believe yeah sometimes it's right sometimes it isn't mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, so if you had a magic eight ball that was going crazy and just firing the the different um seeing whatever it is the different one-liners at you whatever that thing does i can't remember what it tells you but um would you necessarily would, would you be selective about what you let kind of get to you or would you just believe everything you know mm-hmm. um it definitely does take a, a bit of self-examination and stuff but i think that that was a really great um a really great sort of uh bit of insight for people to start well maybe they already do look at it from themselves if 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 they do then it gives maybe a bit of a clarification in some areas but if you if people have never looked at this then it's certainly i find it certainly a very helpful thing to look at yeah it's very very practical i mean obviously we could go down some rabbit holes here which might be interesting and fun to do but you know for the purpose of of this podcast we're trying to give you practical things that you can use that will help advance your career and help you become a better scientist and and by when i say better scientist i mean somebody who actually accomplishes more good in the field of science for the benefit of mankind that's a pretty high aspiration there but that's what we want for you i mean again we can make this podcast up we make this about podcast about scientists because this is you know bite-sized bio caters for a scientific audience and i have a particular interest in science and and um and so we make it for that you could easily make it for you know be a happier ball player or a happier mm-hmm. lawyer or or a happier doctor and, and and again in this particular instance what we're talking about 
is something that's actually well known, especially in sports, but everywhere as well. It's about how do you get into the zone and getting into the zone is separating from the thoughts that are saying, I can't do this or, or controlling the thoughts that, you know, you're trying to hit the kick. Of course, if you don't train, if you train your thoughts to be that you're clear and that at the very least your mind is neutral and at the very, uh, and, and better that it's thinking a positive pattern towards that you're going to make this kick. Right. Then, then you're more likely to be a happier and b get the results you want. But it's the same in science as well. It's the, exactly, uh, it's about top performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, that was very good. I love it when you when you do that, and it's just that it just <laughs> captures it and 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 is so clear. I might draw that little diagram that I wrote. Uh, this this seems <laughs> to be a theme that's happening as well. Like, oh, I'm going to draw this diagram out that I, I just like wrote it. in my notes when you were talking and. It actually helped me, so it might help other people as well. So Sounds good. We'll put that in the show notes. Okay. So thank you, Ken, again, for right. another very eye-opening, eye-opening podcast. Um, well, I, have to, I have to now get back into the zone to think about what I'm... <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, if this... If this... Um, if you want to see the diagram that we will, we will put that in the show notes and the outline of the, of Ken's outline of the episode, we'll put that in the show notes, which you can find at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist. Uh, this is, I believe is episode 42. Wow. I believe. And, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's the answer to life and everything credit to uh Hitchhikers of the Galaxy. <laughs> wow, that, that's that's a good one actually, because this is very fundamental. This one, um, and uh, if you have anything to to uh, if you would like to get involved in conversation with us, ask us questions, just say hi. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash the Happy Scientist Club. Um, and I think that leaves us just to say again, thanks, Ken, for that and uh, for the work you put into creating that. Mm-hmm. And and we'll see you again in the next episode. Very good. Bye. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.